Blog Talk Radio. Chishni Amade Rasun, Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepun, Allahi Allah. Allahi Allah, Bolo Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepun, Allahi Allah. Jabke Sarkar Tashrif Lane Lage. Huro Hilma Bi Hushiya Manane Lage. Hataraf Noor Ki Roshni Chagay. Mustafa Kya Mile Zindagi Milgay. Ehali Ma Teri God Me Aage. Dono Alam Ke Rasool Allahi Allah Chishni Amade Rasool Allahi Allah Allahi Allah We're already dead We're already beaten down We've been beaten down for 400 years We already got the wounds inside and outside our bodies How you gonna hurt us? You cannot threaten us, you cannot frighten us. We live in the most frightening places, under the most frightening conditions. We are immune to fear. We are immune to harm. You see what I'm saying? You have stepped into a cesspool. You're the only one going to get infected. Now, I'm no Muslim, but I agree with some of the things they say regarding black people. And if Allah helps to make him a better man than Jesus can, then I'm all for it. So what you trying to say, Mr. Butler? Whatever changes you have to make, you just do it. You think about Being a black man in America isn't easy. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Allah and Barakatuh. I'm your host, Ethan Hawk. And you're listening to the Dean of the Dean Show, the number one Islamic radio show in America, Alhamdulillah. Before we begin, we'll always we want to start off by praising Allah for Kanawata'ayla and sending salawat upon us, Nabi, the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And alhamdulillah, nasta'inuhu wa nasta'firuhu wa na'udhu billahi min shu'u'u infusana wa min sari ahli ma'lina mayyatihi lahu falla mudurana wa min yukla falla hadila wa shadu an la ilaha illallah wa atihu la shurika la and again, I like to say all praise belongs to Allah. We seek His aid. We seek His guidance. We seek His help. We seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan and His minions. And we seek refuge in Allah from the sick of Shaitan that will lead us to hell from now. And we ask Allah to handle us to to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides us from the strength. And whoever Allah leads us straight nice from God, and I bear witness without any hesitation, any compulsion, there is no God but Allah. That's Allah. 
And I bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, for the Lord's Prophet, is the last Prophet and Messenger. I said, O Inna Muhammad Rasulullah, for the Lord's Prophet, and my back. My dear brothers and sisters, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah for the nitmah of Islam. Alhamdulillah for the nitmah of, of, of being able to have good health. Alhamdulillah for being a Muslim on the face of the earth with the opportunity to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with the opportunity to follow the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu Alhamdulillah. There's not enough praise that we can praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. Tonight's show is very important, my brothers and sisters. Tonight's show is the people of Hellfire. And I decided to talk about this particular topic because throughout the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will warn the Muslims about the Hellfire and about the people becoming the people of the Hellfire. So I wanted to talk about the people of the Hellfire today, inshallah. Not particular hellfire itself, but just the people of the hellfire. This is what I wanted to talk about today is a piece of the loss of Hell to Island. And dear brothers and sisters, every Muslim on the face of the earth has to understand one thing. The Highland has warned us in the Quran that we should be afraid of the day of judgment. Why? Why should we be afraid of the day of judgment if we are Muslim? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that we should be afraid of the day of judgment because at the end of it all, hellfire will be the destination of some Muslims. Hellfire will be the destination of all kufar and what an evil abode it is. In the Quran, there will be people in hellfire, and it will say, it doesn't matter if we are trying to endure it with rage or we're trying to bear it with patience. It doesn't matter. For instance, when you, can, when you become angry and you're out of control and you're fighting, Sometimes you don't you don't feel a lot of the punches because you're angry. Your adrenaline is is up, and you don't feel a lot of the blows until you calm down. Or sometimes when you're very patient, you you're able to endure things like a toothache. You're able to endure. You have pain, but you it's in the door. It won't kill you. You have patience with your Lord. But they are saying the people of the hellfire. It doesn't matter whether you become angry with rage or you try to endure with patience. It's still going to be the same. That fire is going to crush you inside out. So it doesn't matter. So who are the people of Hellfire? This is the question. Who are the people that Alaska the Island speaks about? Alaska the Island has created everything. He also created Hellfire. He asked the angel, go look at Hellfire. Now, this passage is very important. It's very important for us to understand who are the people of Hellfire. The angel went and looked at the Hellfire. He observed it thoroughly. Came back and he said that 
I'm afraid that no one will enter it if they hear about it. If they just hear about this fire and this, this hellfire, they're not going to enter it. And he says, okay, go look at paradise and tell me what you think about paradise. And he observed paradise, and he came back. He says, I'm, he says if anyone hears about this, they're going to enter it. So when laws are coming to Ireland, in order to make it difficult, in order to bring out the, the cream of the crop, he has to separate the monastic from the mukmen. So he surrounded hellfire with desire. He, surround, he surrounded hellfire with, with things that we love. He surrounded hellfire with things that we that we crave. And he surrounded paradise with just the opposite, hardship. He surrounded paradise with sacrifice. He surrounded paradise with things that we don't want to give up. So when it comes to paradise and it comes to hellfire, anyone who's anyone who's seeking paradise will enter it. Because to seek paradise, there's a road, there's a path that you must go. There are certain sacrifices that you must make. There are certain people that you have to stop talking to, stop thinking around. There's a path, there's a way. Anyone who uh, doesn't care about hellfire, they're not trying to seek uh, refuge from hellfire, they're not trying to seek a path from the hellfire, they will enter it. Because certain types of people will enter the fire. The Muslim who doesn't care about their past or their present or their future, they don't give it any concern. The Muslim who's not vigilant about what they say out of their mouths or what they do and what their actions and where they go, they not they doesn't it doesn't compare. It doesn't it doesn't they don't they don't care about it. The Muslim who have no concern for their bad is like a nuisance for them. The Muslim who constantly falls into the same trap over and over and over and over again. This is the person who went into hellfire. The Muslim who is in denial of their situation, and they, and they lie so much that they deceive their own souls. Allah says the Ayah says that they forgot about Allah, so Allah says the Ayah made them forget about themselves. Made them forget about themselves. Now, I want you to think about that. What did that mean? What did the Ayah mean? It means that you forgot about Allah. You don't worship Allah. You don't make salat. You don't make fikr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes you forget about yourself. You forgot that you're going to be questioned under their judgment. You forgot that you're a sinner. You're not a righteous uh, person going around feeding poor. You're not a righteous person uh, memorizing prayer. You're a sinner. You forgot about that. And the fact that you believe that your lifestyle is justified is more of a reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes you forget about yourself. Because now you don't know the lines between right and wrong. And this is a dangerous a dangerous place to be when you don't know the lines between right and wrong. Because the person who has uh, no religion, a person who has no religion, but they have a moral compass. It was said by the scholars that it is enough to judge a person based on their ability to understand right and wrong. Meaning that when you do something wrong to somebody and nobody tell you what you did was wrong, you feel it. You feel regret that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. You feel it. No hadith has to tell you that you feel wrong. When you feel wrong, that is your moral compass, that that was wrong. When you feel good about something, 
that is your moral compass and say that was a good deed I done. Alhamdulillah. That alone is enough to judge a person off and with no Quran, no sunnah, no religion. Because you know right and wrong through, through, through how you feel. But we have a Quran, we have a sunnah, we have an understanding of, and a more accomplished of Allah and his message of what right and wrong is. Every Muslim know what right and wrong is because they read enough, they understand just the basic fundamentals of right and wrong. When that line becomes blurred, and you no longer know what right and wrong is, when that line becomes blurred, when you when you fornicate and you think what you're doing is, 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 is cool, it's not, a, it's not a big deal, you, you forgot about the, the, the ayah that also the ayah says that the person guilty of fornication should be hit, hit, hit with a hundred lashes. And don't let compassion move you in a case like the key by law. That is an ayah in which you're in. Allah says, I was coach, prayer while intoxicated. Those, these are ayahs of the Quran. But to the Muslims who don't consider these ayahs, who don't think about Allah subhanahu he made them forget about themselves, so they don't even realize what they're doing is wrong. They don't feel bad no more. They don't have that moral compass inside of their soul that tells them this was wrong. I should apologize. They don't have that. This is the reality too. This is the Muslim who's going to enter hellfire because they lost all sense of direction. It's like a person in the middle of the desert and know where to go. They don't know what north is. They don't know what south is. They are stranded. They they going to and fro, trying to find uh, civilization, but they don't know. They have no idea where they're going. They don't know how to judge the stars. A Muslim who's in tune with a lost in front of the island. And the Muslim who's in tune with the Sunnah, they know right and wrong. Because the law Ta'ala gives them the ability to see things, not only that the more confidence that I've talked about, but the ability to see things other people can't see. The believer is the one who can recognize fraudulent people. The believer is the one who can recognize all oh, this situation right now. The believer is the one who's not going to be uh, trapped into a situation where he knows he's going he's to expose himself. Or he's going to do something he don't want to do. So therefore, he recognizes the situation right in hand. That's the believer. They have they have insight. They don't have they have more than the moral compass because the moral compass comes something. It comes later on. When you do something wrong, it comes later. But a loss of knowledge gives the believer something that you see beforehand. It's, it's sight, something that you see beforehand. But if you're not a believer, if you don't make a lot. If you don't believe in the law truly, you're not going to have that. You're going to be tricked with the same tricks that everybody else is being tricked with. You're not going to be a person saying, no, 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 I'm not going to be part of that because I, I see what's going to happen. So you go ahead and you you be part of the flock. The believer is the one, they're not going to be deceived by Shaitan. They understand the plots and the plans and the, and the complex strategies of Shaitan because the law is going to give them the insight to see that. This is what we have to understand. This is what we have to get back. But everything starts with a step. There's no person who ever committed a journey taking the first step. Every journey begins with a step. No matter how far that you're trying to go, 
You try to cross the earth. Everything begins with a step. So in order for you to get right with philosophy the island, you have to take the you have to try to get better. It doesn't matter if you get better or not, but you have to try to get better. But if you don't think nothing is wrong, if you don't think you're not a sinner, if you don't think that you're something to be uh to apologize or make your pictures for then how are you gonna get the mercy of the lost with the island when you don't even think that you're wrong? It is important that the messenger of Allah, so that's them, who Allah supposed to Allah forgive his past, present, and future sins. So he forgot all of his sins in the past, all of his sins in the future, all of his sins in the future is all forgiven automatically. Even he made istighfar a hundred times a day. What is istighfar? A stuff of the law thing. A stuff of the law thing. A stuff of the law thing. He's asking Allah supposed to Allah to forgive him a hundred times a day. So the messenger of Allah who we consider by consensus of the Ismail, all of the silence is the most the best human being to ever live. Not only is he the best human being to ever live, if he was amongst the people of Jannah, the angels of Jannah, he's the best creation amongst all of creation. Even the angels and everything in paradise, he means everything to Allah Santa Allah. Allah loves him. That is what you call true love. Allah loves him. Allah doesn't look at you if you don't emulate him. Allah is not worried about you if you don't follow his sunnah. So the, 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 the point is the Muslim that's going to go to the hellfire is the Muslim who don't care and don't give a damn about their sins. The Muslim who's going to go to paradise is the Muslim who's striving for paradise. See, paradise is not something that you're going to just get for free. You have to strive for it. You know, it's like in, in, in real life, if I want to be a person who works at McDonald's and fit burgers for life, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to graduate high school. I don't have to do nothing. All I got to do is go there and fill an application. They're going to hire me. I'm going to get about $8 an hour. I'm going to flip burgers. I'm going to make about $250 a week after taxes. And I'm going to live a miserable life. Because if I make $250 a week, there's only four weeks in a month. I make about $1,000 a week. My rent is going to be about 800 a month minimum. If you pay rent in Philadelphia, the minimum that you're going to find rent is about $800 a month. So that means the rest of your check is about software and getting to work. You have no money for food, no money for clothing, no money for uh, utensils or, or, or sporadic things, none of that. You are basically trained to live in this apartment and get back and forth to work. So you have a, you, you live in a miserable life. That's why even if McDonald's is halal, I don't suggest eating at McDonald's because the McDonald's and Burger King and these fast food restaurants have some of the most miserable people on earth. That's why they spit in your food. That's why they take your hamburger and put it down in pants and put it in the bun. This is documented evidence. This is not something that I'm making up. I talk to people with I'm spoken to people directly. And when that person told me that, I looked at that person in a totally different way. But the reality to it is people who work in the McDonald's are some of the most miserable people on earth. They don't want to come to work. They hate their jobs. person who you want the bare minimums of life, you're going to be miserable in life. So if you want paradise, you have to sacrifice. Paradise is like the equivalent to a person who wants to be a doctor or a lawyer. In order to become a doctor, you have to study medicine. 
not for one year, not for two years, not for three years, not for four years. You have to study medicine for eight years. Eight years of your life have to be dedicated towards medicine. Then when you graduate, you have to start an internship to learn to, to practice your craft under a specialist. And then once you go through all that, you make about a hundred to $200,000 a year, depending on your expertise. That's paradise. If you're in paradise, you have to you have to fight. You have to sacrifice and fight and fall. It's not an easy task because in order to get paradise, you have to be very unpopular amongst the Muslims, not the non-Muslims, amongst the Muslims. Because the majority of the Muslims love to backbite. You don't want to backbite. They think, they think oh, he's trying to be, I mean, you want to be perfect. The majority of the Muslims don't eat halal. You tell them, listen, I only eat halal, and that's all I'm going to put inside my body. Oh, you think you're better than people. That's, this is the Muslim talking. So even amongst the Muslims, you're going to be an outsider. But in order to gain paradise, you have to strive for it, sacrifice for it, whatever it takes for it. Simple as that. You don't want paradise, you want the hellfire, you don't have to do anything. Just wait around. Don't make any slack. Don't make no istighfar to Allah. Say astaghfirullah a hundred times a day. You only have to, you only got to make dua. Don't do anything. And you will get exactly what you believe. And the Muslim who's heathen, have guffled is the Muslim who's in denial. They believe that they can live life and not do nothing. They believe that they can live life and commit sin after sin after sin. They believe they can live life and they can justify why they do things and they think that at the end of the day, Allah is going to give them Jannah. I believe this. That's what we call heedlessness, delusion, guffling. People are heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the scholars, one of the ulama said that the center and the, the essence of all evil and all sin in the world comes from heedlessness of Allah subhanahu wa Because there are over 30 diseases of the heart. And the essence of that is heedlessness. Because if you got jealousy in your heart, it's because you heedless of who gave them the, 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 the blessing. If you're showing off to other Muslims, then you are heedless of the one who's watching you. See, heedlessness is the centerpiece of all desires and all evil. The Muslim today has been duped. It has been tricked because the majority of their life is trying to earn the likes of other people. Now, I want you to sit down, and I want you to really reflect on what there are Muslims who will do anything under the sun. They will be, they will take up uh, for uh, disbelief. They will become a person who will become half-naked online. They will do everything under the sun just so that they, they can get likes, a 100 likes, a 1,000 likes to a Muslim, and today's America is like gold. It gives you nothing. You can't buy anything with it. You can't do anything with it. It's just the fact that a thousand people like this picture. But what they said, they feel a sense of accomplishment, and in reality, they haven't accomplished anything. It puts no money in your pocket. It does nothing for you. The only thing it takes you closer and closer and closer to the hellfire because you are a person who's doing things to be seen. You're not doing it for a law you to be seen. You're doing it for life. Life is the root of all evil. 
And what I'm saying is that earlier that a prostitute, you can understand, but when you do things for life, you don't need to get money for it. So I, I can't even understand it. I don't understand why it, logically I can't figure out how a person is willing to sacrifice their things, how a person is willing to go to the hellfire. They will take off their clothes and become naked. The more likes they get, the more clothing they're going to remove in order to get likes. In order to enter the fire, you have you, you didn't gain anything. So the only thing you gain is that a person click a button on their phone, click the button on their computer, and that's all you gain. And you're happy with that. You're satisfied with that. You crave it. You want more. If it was if it was uh, if Facebook or Instagram or these social media was paying you a dollar for every like, then we can understand. You got a hundred likes. That's a hundred dollars. Boom. People would be saying, oh, it would be the sickest country in America. It would be the sickest time ever if they was paying a dollar for likes. It would be the sickest thing ever. Like, this world would lose its mind. People would do anything. You would see people killing each other on, on Instagram and alive for, for likes. You had people recently raped a girl on Instagram or on Facebook live in order to be seen to get likes. This is what the world's coming to. And it doesn't benefit them. It doesn't give them anything. It doesn't benefit the world. But people are losing their minds over it. And they're not sitting down to understand, what am I doing? What is my sacrifice? What is going on here? This is the reality to it. And this is the rea- it's, it's, it's so mind-boggling that there's no hadith that you can get who want to uh, do things in order to get likes. It's like there's no hadith for that. There's no Quranic ayah for that because it's insane. You have Muslims who are living life in insanity. Insanity, they're living life in the same people. Insane. The people who are in Bellevue in an insane asylum has more uh, logic and more thought process than the Muslims that you see out in this dunya. You have a person with four wives. He has four wives. Yeah, he's still committing zinah. Still committing zinah. You have a Muslim sister that Allah Allah has given her everything. She has beauty. She has knowledge. She has she she has the the attention to every every brother from the east to the west. Yet she refused to get married and she refused to do anything and yet she commits to that. And she don't even have to. She can walk into any marriage here from the west coast to the east coast to the south from from down south and she can marry the British brother in the marriage and he will pay whatever dowry she wants because Allah has given her the beauty that attracts such a person. Yeah, she she don't even think about that. She commits that time and time again with people who don't even mean anything. You don't even have a job. Insanity. That's what you call an insane person. They don't have the logic to even understand what they possess. They don't even have the logic to understand what they possess. You have brothers out here who can't get married. This is out here who can't get married because maybe a lost mythology didn't give them uh, uh, the beauty that he gave this person. So they have to pray time and time again, oh, Lord, please help me find a mate. Help me find someone who's, who's for me because they want to get married. They don't have, the brother may not have a job, but he wants to get married. He don't have, you know, beautiful, beautiful looks, but he wants to get married. But you have people who have everything at their disposal and just too stupid to get married and utilize their, their good deeds that Allah has given them and that they enter the hellfire when they didn't even have to. 
That's like a person who get a job. This job is giving you a thousand dollars an hour. All you gotta do is work one hour, you got a thousand dollars. This person refused to work and they go rob a bank. They get a hundred dollars, and they go to jail for the rest of their life. When you had a job, that's that's not a sane. That's not a, a person who is sane. So this is what we have in the dunya right now. We have insanity all around us. People are literally, Muslims are literally going insane. Literally. And you'd be like, what is wrong with people? What is going on? Do you understand what, what, what you're seeing around you? You have Muslim sisters that's calling the prophet of Allah Sallallahu a deadbeat, calling his wife a bitch. You have Muslims who are getting sex changes. You have Muslims that have a secret Facebook group that is all LBGT, they all homosexual. I mean, that's one of them. And they say, this is permissible by Allah Subhanahu People are literally going to sing. You have Facebook groups that are secretly backbiting people and exposing people. And no one in this group can say, this is wrong, that we shouldn't be doing this. You have, you have a, a same person amongst them. Everyone in that group is going to go through the hellfire if they don't repent. And you can't imagine how many people that they expose. So you have to understand that Allah says, if you make it your business to go expose the brothers and sisters, he's going to expose you. Even if you're in the country of your own home, if you expose another Muslim that the law spent out of forgiving him, when you go, he's going to send you to the hellfire, and he's going to ask you before he release you from hellfire. You have to give me one reason why you expose your brother. If you can't give a sufficient reason, you want to remain in hellfire until you come up with a sufficient answer. This is not a game. People think this is a game. People think that they can say and do whatever they want to do and say without no consequences. There's no consequences for whatever you do. You can hurt Muslims. You have Muslim sisters literally walking around brokenhearted and broken, shattered, because the Muslim men that they were with treated them like garbage. The more she loved them, the more he treated her like garbage. And we believe that this has no consequences. Wallahi, I swear by Allah, that this has consequences. I want you to understand what the angel said. He says that every action ever has a way, a scale to it on the day of judgment. Everything has, has weight to it. Except the believer who sheds the tear. Allah doesn't have a weight system to, to, to measure that. There's nothing that can measure that. So if you make your wife cry, she said tears with the pain that you inflicted. There's nothing that can equal that. There's no there's no matter uh, 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 to say, all right, I'll put this on the scale. There's, 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 you have made a believer cry when Allah has entrusted you with it in a manner. Because if you marry your wife, Allah subhanahu has given you in a manner of trust. Because if I kill, he gives away the word and the, and the trust that you want to support and take care of her. Not that you oppress her. If you oppress her and you oppress her to the point where you break her spirit, she's broken. Why? Not because she's a bad human being. Not because, you know, uh, she wants to be evil. Because you have broken her will to put love and trust that something that Allah has naturally given her, you have stripped her from that. Imagine you have stripped the love and mercy that Allah has placed in the female. You have stripped that, stripped that from her. That she don't even know she can love again. She don't. She has to find herself. 
You have literally Muslim sisters by the thousands and the millions walking around looking for themselves. They have been abused by Muslim men. And you think this is not going to be this is not going to be uh, rectified by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? The why it has to be recompensed. There has to be a recompense for this. There has to be a response for this. Because you have Muslim men who have no problem going into the prison system. No problem. When you go into the prison system, you live like an animal. You have to become an animal in order to survive. A Muslim man who's been locked up for five to ten years, he lives like an animal. He's around men. And the only way he's going to survive is live like an animal. His nature changes. He's no longer, you know, this loving, fun husband. And he's no longer the person who's the, he's the complete animal. And when he gets out, animal nature just doesn't just leave his soul. He still going to be like that until it takes years to remove that from his soul. Because it took him years to get like that. So when a sister, when he got out of prison, she married him, she has married the animal who cares nothing about her essence, nothing about her things. Nothing. He can marry you on Thursday and tell you I want a second wife on Friday because he don't care nothing about your feelings. Nothing. We don't even understand what's going on. We don't understand the time that we're living in. Time that we're living in, the message of the law, so the son says to the Sahabas, how would it be that when it comes a time when the, the person who's a liar is going to be trusted? And the person who's a trustworthy person is going to be called a liar. That's the time that we live in. We don't know who to trust. We don't know who a liar is. We don't know what's going on. There used to be a time where you can go to a sit-down and you can assess the situation, but it doesn't matter because everyone lies to sit down. You can ask them a thousand questions. They're going to lie to 785 of them. You don't know what they're lying on. They tell the truth. You can't ask this companion about his well-being because he's companion life for So you have to think about it. This Muslim man, not just Muslim sister, hooked up with a brother in prison. Is that a good companion to hook a sister up with? Well, obviously, he don't care that he's a uh, convict. He don't care that he's doing anything wrong. So I'm going to hook him up with my man. A father's not going to hook his daughter up with somebody out of the prison system because he knows he don't have anything to offer. It doesn't matter if he's a good brother. He don't have nothing to offer. He like no house, no job, nothing. He can't even protect her. Touching the sanity. This is insane. It's insanity, and we think that this is this is logic. This is normal, but we are living in delusion. There is delusion all around us, and we don't even recognize. People are going to sleep, believers, and, and they're waking up too far. This is how bad it is. And leaving the dean, messing up the law. Some of them said that. There were Muslims who would enter the dean like the arrow passed through the target. They enter the dean and leave the dean like the arrow passes through a target. They become a Muslim and then they become a kufar. That's how quick they became a kufar. I want you to think about that. That is very serious. Very serious. The time that we live in, is, is, is it boggles the minds of some of the most important scholars. Bible is the mind of some of the most important scholars of times that we live in. And right now, you have Muslims supporting homosexuality, supporting it. There was a movement about supporting homosexuality on Facebook when you put a rainbow cross as your your um, profile picture. You have Muslims supporting it openly, like they don't even care. Like this is what I'm going to do. We all going to live life and hold hands and become homosexual and support it. 
the penal law, at least in the time of the message of the law that you hide your sins. You don't want nobody to know that you doing dirty deeds or doing these things, so you hide it. You do it at home. You know, there used to be time with cool forestry to hide their alcohol. They used to put it in brown paper bags and take there so the cops don't know. They hide it. They hide their sins. Now everything is open. Everything goes. Everything goes, so we are heading towards the hellfire. And until we pump brakes and realize where we're headed, and somebody has to be logical amongst us and say, yo, we are tripping. We have to get it together. We have to start praying again, start asking the Lord sometimes to forgive us again, start to make us the star again, start to moist our tongues with the remembrance of the Lord of Canada Island. Again, remember our law. That's what that means. When you may sick and you remember our law. Allah says, barely the remembrance of Allah is the greatest thing in life without doubt. That is the most powerful ayah you can ever imagine. Barely the remembrance of Allah is the most, is the most, is the remembrance of Allah is the powerful thing without doubt. On earth, without doubt. Just by remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that means you're going to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're going to forget yourself. The whole purpose of this earth is to worship Allah. That's it. I don't care what you do. I don't care how many hours that you lock in on your job. If you're not remembering the law, none of that means anything. And Allah says in the Quran, when the trumpet is blown and you see the people coming out of their graves and they're walking towards the caller and they are tired, their eyes are weary because they worked all their lives. They thought that was going to benefit them. They worked all of their lives. Then they died. They spent no time worshiping the law of Allah. Every person on the day of judgment is going to be tired like never before except for those who want to work for the pleasure of the law. What that mean? Your job is CCB last unless your job stops you from remembering the law. Now your job is the hindrance from doing the law of Allah. It has to be a balance. to be some work and some remembrance. That's, it, it, it's just the way it is. It can't be all work and no remembrance because people put themselves in this hole. Muslims, we are, we are really not thinking logically. But I'll give you an example of how Muslims put themselves in the hole, how they uh, behind the eight ball when it comes to remembrance of the lost of Allah. The Muslim, their ideal is, okay, have a beautiful house. And there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone will have a, love to have a big, beautiful house. But you have to get a house within your frame, in your frame bracket, something that in your, in your, you can afford Something that you can afford. Muslims want cars. Everybody wants cars. It's not wrong with cars. But you gotta get a car that you can afford. You can get a car for a thousand, for five thousand dollars, a nice car. And it may not be the best car, but it's nice and it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's two thousand eight. No, they want the two thousand and seventeen, where the car note is four hundred dollars a month. The insurance is about two hundred dollars a month. That's six hundred dollars. They got nothing to do with your rent. Your rent $800. So, therefore, in order to live this lifestyle where you have this nice house, a nice car that you don't even own, by the way, you have to go to work. And you have to log in more hours in order to support a lifestyle that you 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 you, you don't have to live. You don't have to live this lifestyle. You can get a nice car that you own. You can get an apartment or a house that you own or the mortgage is very low. And you can live a comfortable life and you can have time for your children. You can have time for these, but people are not going like they're living this lifestyle because 
they want to be flawed. They want to be flawed because we we we, we want to impress other people. We don't want to impress the law system either. We want to impress other people. So we work like this, work our behind off until we reach 70, 80, then we die. Then on the judgment, we are tired because we didn't work for a law system either. We work for ourselves with this dunya. This dunya is not going to benefit you. It doesn't love you. I remember this one particular scene on page four. Well, most of us seen it when Ace is saying that, the, 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 you know, being in the spotlight, he says that this world, it doesn't love you back. It has no love for you. And that's the truth. It doesn't love you. We are ice cubes. You know what an ice cube is? It is something that is melting. It's not something that's growing. It's not something that is longer. The longer that ice cube sits, the more it is, and it is going to evaporate to nothing. That's us. We are ice cubes in the hot sun, and we are evaporating, and time is running out. Time is running out. We don't have time to save our children from the hellfire because we don't even care about them. We don't have time to save our family members from the hellfire because we're too busy working. We're so busy working, we don't have time to give dollar. We get up, go to work, come home, go to sleep. Get up, go to work, come home, go to sleep. This is our life. You're not meant to do this every day. That's not what you're meant for. You have to have a balance. Your job is only to have a place to sustain you so that you can worship the law of the island. You eat food in order to sustain your life so that you can worship the law of the island. That's it. You wear clothing so that you can walk around and not be naked. Clothing, a pair of pants, red bottoms, red, red monkey jeans cost $800 so you can look fly. You can look fly. You're going to be flying and be in the hellfire with your red monkeys and your red bottles is burning. This is where we're going to be because we don't recognize who we are and where we're at. You forgot about a lost defense island. I've seen people who are spending a whole paycheck who work at the 75 chickens, brothers and sisters, who work there. I've seen it with my own eyes, work at KFC and spend a whole paycheck on a Versace belt, a Gucci belt that costs $300. This person obviously don't have no no, 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 no house. It's obviously living with somebody because if you can spend your whole paycheck and nothing like, un- unbelievable. Time is the era that we live in. This is why people are entering the hellfire in thousands of roads. This is where we want to be if we don't feel lost in front of the island. If this is what we want to be if we don't feel lost. When we say feel lost, that's, that's just something that you say. Feel lost has to be something that you do. There has to be something that you do. Allah subhanahu says, strive for paradise with your persons and properties and everything, everything that you have to must strive for paradise. Save yourself from the hellfire, even with it be a half a day. Save yourself from the hellfire. This is real serious. Is that a game? We think everything is a game. We want to have fun. That's fine. But sometimes you can't have fun all the time. Messenger of the Lost is a person who laughs all the time and has a dead heart. This is nothing funny. Because you laugh all the time because you don't know the reality of hellfire. Because if you knew the reality of hellfire, you would laugh less and cry more. But since you don't know the reality of hellfire, you laugh and it's a game to you. It's a joke. It's going to be a joke to you standing in the grave and you can't even answer the three simple questions of the grave because you weren't even living the lifestyle of a Muslim. Your mother buried you as a kufar because she didn't even believe that you was a Muslim. That's why you get buried. That's a punishment from the law. Don't feel bad for those people. 
How can you feel bad for a Muslim who is Muslim for 20 years, and yet his family think he's a Christian because they don't believe he was a Muslim? That is a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not bad on his mom, she shouldn't have buried him as a Christian. No, he should have took precautionary measures to make sure that he died a believer. The master have wills in the testament that you can sign by and you can be buried as a Muslim, but he didn't think about that. That was the furthest thing from his mind. He didn't think about death when he was out there shooting people and getting shot at. He wasn't thinking about death then. Because if he was thinking about death, then he would have been in the master making so lot. And if he was in the master, then his mother would have buried him as a Muslim. Because the law would have made sure that he would be buried as a Muslim. Simple as that. This is what we have to think about. You see, any Muslim brother that's been bad as a Muslim, a Christian, then know that is the sign how Allah feels about that individual. Simple as that. Because if a believer dies in the desert, then the angels cry for him. The sky cries for him. The Hadith says if you see a red sky, that is because a believer has died on the earth and the sky is praying for him. So you know that believer is going to be okay. He and he's got to be buried. Allah loves him. I want you to think about that. If a believer dies, the place that the place that he makes a lot is every place on earth that he makes a lot is is going to cry. But that's why you see some places that are soaking roofs, roofs are roofs are leaky because that person makes a lot there. They're crying for that individual. So people who've been buried as a Christian by their parents and their family, that is a sign of how the lost without feels about them. His mother cremated him because he didn't even have enough money for a burial. She don't have no money for a burial. He didn't prepare for death. It was a game. You see people saving up their lives to take trips to Disneyland because they want to party, yet they don't even go to Mecca. Don't even go to Medina. They don't even think about Mecca or Medina. It's not a place that they fancy. not a place that they desire to go to because they don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't love his message. That is a fact. That is a fact. If you had a mother that will move her, her family to a good neighborhood because she wants her child to go to a, a good school, that is a mother who loves her child. She wants a best for her. But when it comes to the theme, we save up when we go to Jamaica. We go to Disneyland. We go to all of these places and spend money, thousands of dollars to have fun. But when it comes to our theme, when it comes to Washington and the Island, we give the bare minimum. We give the $455. We give the $5 to the law. We keep the $400 to ourselves. Because that's who we are. That's what we think about our team. Simple. How do you want to have a business and don't invest in your business? You are a business. You yourself invest in yourself. How do you invest in yourself? By sacrificing your life, your time, and everything at your disposal to try to reach paradise. Sacrifice everything. On the day of judgment, you're going to see the reality of this. Right now, you love your mother, you love your father, you love your kids, but on the day of judgment, you're going to sacrifice your kids. Take my son, take him to get out of hell. Take my Omi, take my boy. I don't, I don't care nothing about them. Take them just to get out of the hellfire. You see what I'm saying? Just to get out of the hellfire, you sacrifice everything at your disposal not to go to hell. But when you're on this earth, you sacrifice nothing to get to paradise. You need to sacrifice a little bit of sleep to get to make the hajjah. Sacrifice a little bit of sleep to get up to make fudger. You can't even beat the sheep. The sheep are winning against you. Can't, can't get out of bed to break. But when you when time to go to work, you're going to get up. You're going to be up two hours before fudger ironing your T-shirt. 
for the job interview because the lawsuit to Alex says amongst the signs is this that the trust that you seek for livelihood out of this bounty. But it says the trust that you seek for livelihood livelihood out of this bounty. And this is a sign for those who hear, those who hearken. So Allah the Allah is saying that you seek the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is a sign for those who can hear. Is that a sign for those who can speak? Hearken means hearing. People walking through life, sleep walking through life, yet they, that doesn't stop you from getting theirs and it's doing it. That doesn't stop you from getting their money and it's doing it. Comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they sleepwalking. They sleepwalking in his life. So they make destinations for money and it's doing it while they sleep. And when it comes to the law, they have no time for Allah subhanahu This is the reality too. They can't hear what others are saying because they are they sleepwalking, literally. People are literally sleepwalking through life, but yet they're still getting money. How is that possible? They can't hear the crane, they can't hear the sooner, yet they can hear what people got money on. They can hear that. That's the situation. That's where we're at. And we have to recognize that, and we have to realize who we are and where we're at before we die. Simple as that. And the grandma bury you in a Christian, you be in a Christian church, and all the Muslim brothers and sisters that you know will be in the church block and you getting buried as a Christian, and they can't do nothing about it because you haven't prepared for death. You, you had all your money was tied up in the Bahamas. That's why your money was tied up there. All your money was tied up in Jamaican trips. It wasn't tied up in being, in being buried as a Muslim. You can afford out the last one of Texas to take you two minutes. I want to be buried as a Muslim. And you can get notarized, and boom, you can be buried as a Muslim. That's legally stamped. You don't even think about that. That doesn't bother you. You don't even have brothers and sisters in your family that's going to fight for you because you got some brothers and sisters that will fight. That person is a Muslim. If you're definitely not going to bury them as Christian, it's going to be an all-out brawl. Simple as that. Simple as that. But you don't have people that's going to fight for you. You know what they're going to do? They're going to pour alcohol in your grave. This is for my dear homie. They're going to put a blunt in your casket, and they're going to toast your memory every other birthday. That's what they're going to do, have a cookout for you, eat food. Drink beer and party. That's all they're going to do. They're not going to seize your kids. They're not going to take care of your wife. They're going to, oh, they're going to definitely marry your wife. Just that's going to do that. They're going to do that. But, mashallah, they lost the parents of Allah. May he allow us to become people who are vigilant of the parents of and vigilant of our own selves. May Allah lost the Allah allow us. To walk this earth and we Allah Brothers and sisters, we are in a time where to the best T V show. We're all looking forward to the best video games. But we're not looking forward to reciting the Quran and learning the deep. We're not looking forward to that. We don't care about that. Wallahi, brothers and sisters, I grew up in the nineties far as like Islam. And I can tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something right now. I remember leaving my job. I used to be a security guard. I'm a big dude, so you always going to need to be security. I don't know why. But they're on my show I'm leaving my job, and a van pulled up on me, and it was an African brother. He said, Salaam alaikum, brother. You must come. I said, yes, I'm out of school. He said, get in. I'll give you. It's not take you where you want to go. I said, are you serious? Anywhere you want to go, the way you're going, I'll take you where you want to go. I was Afraid, honestly, because I'm like, this 
person might want to take me somewhere and chop me up. This is what I'm thinking. Because, I mean, this is us. Like, we black people naturally scared. I don't know why. This is who we are. Like, you don't believe me? Let five people sit on the porch and four people just start running. You want to start running too? You don't know why you running, but hey, whatever it is, they running, so I don't want to be split up in the rapture. But nevertheless, he said, I'll take you wherever you want to go. I said, Why is it in Germantown? Took me to Germantown, all the way there. He didn't uh, wake up today and say, Why, well, you know, his scene in Muslim says, I'm going to take you to your destination because I love you, brother. So he told me a story on the way there. He says, Haki, I'm going to tell you something, man. He says, I'm from Africa. He says, I've seen things that makes me believe more in my Lord. I've seen things. He says that I've seen a Christian, right? I've seen a Christian take the Quran and took out his penis and he pissed on the Quran, right? He says, Wallahi, I've seen this with my own eyes, brother. I've seen a Christian take the Quran, sit on the ground and piss on the Quran. He says, the very next day, this Christian woke up butt naked with a tail. Butt naked with a tail. Every time he tried to put clothes on, his skin would burn the clothes off. He says, well, Lord, I've seen this with my own eyes. That blew me away because they have to be true. Nobody's going to just make up something like that. But the reality to it is this, that my point was he loved me, didn't know me because I was a Muslim. He loved me, didn't know me because I was a Muslim. If a Muslim man walks up to another Muslim man and says, Aki, and don't know him, I love you, give me a hug. He might get sucker punched because people live this thug mentality as they have to be hard and cold-hearted. They have no room for love. Love will get you killed. There used to be a time in the 90s when there was a lecture in Philadelphia. Every Muslim in the city would come out. Every Muslim in the city would come out. It would be crowded. And everyone, I remember there was one time that Madison Square Garden, that whole 25,000 people was filled up with Muslims giving speeches about the theme. It was called, um, the speech was called, uh, I can't allow, man. it was called, uh, it was about uh, violence. It was about violence in America. Stop the violence speech. And you had a lot of Muslims come, and the Muslims sold it out because we had a movement going on. We had people who actually cared about the thing. I remember one time it was a group meeting that the, the, uh, the people was talking about dates, right? And it was like, you know, we want to break our fast. So they say, you know, we have, he said we have some dates, you know, in the kitchen. And the, the younger generation, you know, it was you know, 17, 18, it was young Muslims. It was the Muslim Student Association. They were like, we're not going to eat no dates. We're going to order some pieces. So the young brother, 16, 17 years old, got up in the middle of the meeting and said, listen, you are going to respect dates. Why? Because the messenger of Allah said, so love these dates. He ate dates every day. And he kept running the hadith there, hadith there, how the messenger of Allah said, so broke these dates. How the messenger of Allah said, so said that if it wasn't for dirty water and dates, and, he, and him and his wife and his children would have started. Gave a whole lecture about why you should love dates. Whole lecture about why you should love dates. Everyone was quiet and understood where he was coming from because we realized this brother's very serious about what he's saying. And we should be very serious about the messenger of Allah and some love. We should love it as well. Very serious about that. Because at the end of the day, we are nothing. Every accomplishment we do means nothing 
until we prove that we can follow the sunnah of the message of Allah. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, listen to what he said. He's real crystal clear. Islam is being. He says, if you love Allah, and I say this a thousand times because I want people to understand, I mean this, if you love Allah, then follow the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad, and only then will I love you and forgive your sins. Allah stands to you. If you love me, I don't care about you until you follow the sword of the Prophet Muhammad. And only then will I forgive your sins and, 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 and lead you to Jannah. That's just the reality to it. How much do we love the Prophet Muhammad? Ask yourself that. How much do you love the Prophet Muhammad? That's a, that's a, a, a test that you can test yourself. How much love did you love for the Prophet Muhammad? How much love did you really love him? Did you talk about him? You know, do you have any desire to dress like him? Do you have any desire to tell your co-workers about him? Ask yourself, if I'm in love with a female and you're in love with a male, you tell everybody about them. Oh, mashallah. I think she got some of the most beautiful eyes. She's very smart. Oh, anybody I want to listen, you want to tell her about your beloved because you love her. You don't even talk about the Prophet Muhammad because you don't love him. That's clear, evident. I mean, people love their children. You give a, 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 a wife or a female a chance, she walks, picks up her pocketbook with, with all these babies, uh, pictures of her kids. Yeah, this is a little uh, a dude right here. Oh, he's such beautiful. Tell them about it because they love their kids. He graduated. But when it comes to the Prophet Muhammad, we don't tell nobody about the Prophet Muhammad. You have Jehovah's Witnesses who have kufr crosses the size of buildings. Besides the buildings that can get up at 6 o'clock in the morning just to go tell people about your homeless. A, a, a bunch of nonsense. Tell people about your homeless. They believe in that. But when it comes to the religion of Islam, we don't have to, no desire to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and tell people about the Prophet Muhammad or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we did that, imagine how our lives would change if we told the people about Allah. Every weekend, got up 65 and told the people about the loss of North Carolina and his messenger, so they tell them. Imagine how the community would change. Because if you think about it, if we go to 20 houses, two out of every of those 20 houses will become Muslim because of our influence. Two out of every 20 houses is going to become Muslim because we're giving them the hot. Because a lot of these people don't even know about Islam. They don't even know about things. You live in the country where people worship them. The stars, people worshiping the devil, got devil worshippers. So that means that they're willing to accept anything, anything, everything. So we 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 talking about a lot of messenger. Why wouldn't they accept that? Why would they be uh, uh, why would they oppose a lot of messenger if you explain the clear meaning of what sunnah means? If you, if you explain how merciful Allah is, that there is no other king on this earth that Allah is the king. He is the most merciful. He is the one who gives the birds and the, and the trees food to eat. And he sees the fish in the in the ocean. He sees the creepy crawling things in the in the in the in the ground. He sees the wounds, the the baby in the war. Allah Subhanahu He takes care of all of that. He's the most merciful. You tell him who Allah Subhanahu Wa is, and explain his attributes. Why would they love the Lost Islands Island? Why don't we love the Lost Islands Island? Why don't we don't love the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? That's all he has done for us. He get up every night and spend four or five hours a night praying to Allah Subhanahu to forgive his Ummah. He cried so much that the ground around him was moist. And he walked around on dirt. Do you know how much you have to cry in order to get the ground around you to be moist? 
every night? How many nights do we get up and try for our own particular sin? We've done everything you can imagine. How are we praying about that sin? We forgot about it, so we think it's cool. But the Lord's going to bring all of that up. Everything that you've done and forgot about, everything that you thought that is, is, you don't have to worry about that sin no more because you 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 got over the guilt, so you know you don't feel guilty anymore. So you you don't feel as though you're wrong. But at the, on the day of judgment, when you stand before law, and he brings up those deeds that you forgot about, you will say, "Oh, hand the law. What is it? I was nothing." Think about that. So. They lost with the honor that he blessed all of us with the highest level of forgiveness to give our sins. Bless us with the best mates and the best uh, wives. You know, may he heal the brokenhearted women that's out here living his life. May he heal them and may he bring them mates that's going to be able of their eyes and the coolness of their eyes. Allah, my means. And may he, may he help the men to love in their hearts with mercy and make us good men for our sisters, make us good protectors. May he give us power and able to protect our sisters. May Allah also give us power and able to protect our sisters. May Allah also give us strength. May he give the weak amongst us courage. May he give the coward amongst us courage. May he make us care about one another and love one another. May he put that in our hearts. May he give us love for one another and strength and power. And may, may he allow us to subdue our enemies and not be laughing stocks on this earth. SubhanAllah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, support half of them. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ya aman de rasul, Allahi Allah, chishni aman de rasul, Allahi Allah, bibi amina kipun, Allahi Allah, Allahi Allah.